Hey everyone, welcome to the Fights Fight Pod. Uh, today we're dealing with a very special boxing request made by one of our Patreon patrons. Sorry, uh, our patron Jericho David asked us a question about how Juan Manuel Marquez usually uses his footwork to set up his counter combinations. And my name is Dan Albert. With me is Lukash who is far better than I am at talking about footwork and whatnot. But uh, today we're going to be discussing Marquez and his ideas for how he sets up his combinations and counters. So Marquez, just to review, one of the best counter punchers ever, arguably the archival of Manny Pacquiao, competed in several great fights, one of the finest boxers of the last two decades, and just a really, really stellar fighter in his own right. Uh, Lukash, any comments you want to make about Marquez? Well, I think you cover the basics. He's a he's an all-time great counterpuncher, but to to what sets him apart in the last two two three decades from the other counterpunchers is the volume. He's a volume counterpuncher, which has been quite rare. Um, and obviously, uh, he's despite being a counterpuncher, he is as you you said yourself to me just before we started. He's a He's an, he's an attack first, attack minded guy, which doesn't not, you know normally we talk about counterpunchers being defensive, but um, he, he's a very attack minded counterpuncher. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk about how he uses his feet to set up all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the the main thing um, that we need to emphasize about Marquez right away is um, Marquez is just a really really like. He's all about counterpunching, but he's in, like, combination stuff, like Lukash said. And I, I think the main thing that all starts with understanding Marquez is that he's always about, like, adjusting kind of his specific shot selection and depending upon what his opponent's doing. But it all kind of starts with, like, how Marquez kind of positions, like, himself in order to set up those exchanges and combinations. Because when you watch Marquez, like, I think... um I once asked uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Taylor yeah. Higgins, about, like, who is insane enough to exchange with Pacquiao? And pretty much, like, the answer is a madman. And Marquez is one of those oh. few madmen, right? But yeah, the fact yeah. that he could is just insane and is kind of a testament to how good of a combination puncher he is. So, um, Lukash, you want to start off by talking about Marquez's footwork? Because I think this is more your strength than mine. Yep. Yeah. I'll give it I'll give it a go. Um what I wanted to start with highlighting is because um, uh, our, our man Jericho, he mentioned um, talking about the um, the weight over the knee leg. And I wanted to sort of back, back up a little bit because um, Marquez's his, um, his default setting is not to have the weight over the lead leg. He has his lead leg quite far forward and he uses that a lot. But usually his, um, to start with, his uh, preferred mode of fighting is with his weight over his back leg. And when he comes up, when he leans over his front leg, it's usually bait. To begin with, it's bait. Uh, he takes a little bit of weight over the front foot. His opponent goes for him. He shifts back and suddenly he's got more space. And he's, his opponent's coming into the zone where he can throw those combination counters. And so that, that's just the main start of his, um, of how he uses that lead leg, which I don't know if you, you see the same. Yeah, um, I feel like, I feel like I see the same. Cause like for me, I think the key to really getting how Marquez works is I feel like Marquez is all about control of the center line. So the whole idea is, like, positioning that lead foot, not so much putting weight upon it, but, like, controlling, like, the entries to the exchanges. 
And it's all about, like, him controlling kind of a neutral range, kind of. Like, which is a- another reason why we're going to probably bring up him a bit. It's why Pacquiao was so interesting, because you have two guys who were all about, like, getting into those control the center line exchanges. And it kind of led to, like, a battle between their lead hands and who could, like, set up that center line offense. And the other thing I, I think about Marquez's footwork is, like, He's all about taking, like, marginal steps. He's not so much a guy who's, like, a- about, like, main positioning in- on the back foot, but he's more, like, those little subtle, like, steps. Like, all about, like, faking, like, L steps, half steps in order to, like, control that center line. And I think the real premise of how he makes his footwork, though, is, like, he uses, like, it'll- little ancillary things. And I think the biggest thing that he does, I, I don't know if you agree or not, is his lead hand. Yeah, this is thing. I, uh, it was a thing I did notice. Uh, he's he, he, you talk about his little ancillary foot, his little little steps, his little subtle steps. He does all of that really well on the back foot. Um, but his front foot is very very active. But he doesn't faint with it as often as I thought. But his lead hand is all about that. It's all uh, it's all all coming from there. It's a very interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Um... I, I think the key to a lot of Marquez's success is like the threat of like those exchanges because not because he's very very fast but he's even better at like picking his shots like he's I I don't know what you think Lukash but would you say he's one of the finest like we've ever seen it like adjusting kind of his shot selection on the go? Yeah, I'd agree with that entirely. Um, I think it was again bringing uh, our fellow our colleague Taylor. We were talking. Uh, I was talking with Taylor about um, Chocolatito Gonzalez and um, his adjustments of combinations on the go and who in the last 20 or 30 years has been his equal. And it pretty much just came down to Marquez. He's, uh, yeah, his, um, his response to what his opponent is doing and his ability to adjust the next punch just on the, on the fly, right? Snap, snap like that is, uh, was incredible. Yeah. I think, um, it, it does need to be said like, uh, one of the main issues, though, is like, oh, the, oh, Marquez was a counterpuncher. Like, his offense could often function as his best defense. Cause the moments you see Marquez get in trouble with his footwork is often when he resets or like kind of has difficulty like pursuing. So I, I think part of the reason why like guys like Barrera or like Mayweather gave him so much difficulty is cause they knew that, that like they could pot shot on the outside, especially Mayweather. But, like, with Barrera, Barrera kind of realized, like, I can, like, close the door at the left hook, so you kind of have to pursue me. And as long as I have a little response to, like, the little things you do, ooh, like, you're going to struggle to build. And so it's really, really important to understand this about Marquez, but he was all about, like, I think the setups. And yeah. that I, I think the asterisk with his footwork, although I, I think you and I would have no problem saying it's really, really functional for what it is, is it really requires him to have those setups to make it work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I think the other thing is he did very much rely on his opponent biting on his, biting onto his game. Like, as you said, when he's, pursu- when he had to pursue, even though he's a volume puncher and a very aggressive fighter, when he had to be on the front foot, he w- just wasn't as good as when he's on the back foot and opponents are coming into his range on his terms. So you saw it against, um, Obviously Mayweather and Barrera, as you mentioned, even that okay, it was 39-year-old um, Marquez, but you saw it against Timothy Bradley. Like, um, you know, Bradley's a, Timothy Bradley's a fine fighter, and he was in his prime when Marquez wasn't. But um, the difference in the skill level overall 
you would have thought that Marcus would have beaten him comfortably, and he didn't because because he Bradley knew, Bradley knew how to make him chase, and uh, and he just wasn't as comfortable doing that as he is when his opponents in his face. Yeah, the the thing is, um, the the thing is, if you pursue Marcus, I think the greatest example of this is probably the Juan Diaz fight, where um, Diaz is smothering like Marquez, like he's putting a lot of pressure on him. And he has great ideas like forcing Marquez to like step and then like shifts into like that lead left hand to catch him unaware or like using left hooks. Cause I think the left hook often was Marquez's kryptonite because he was so left hand oriented often. I'd be curious what you think of that, Lukash. But, um, yeah. I think, um, yeah, that, that's also, I think, how Kitsidis dropped him because Kitsidis like baked like a left hand out of Marquez and then hook countered him. But, um, like, if you smother Marquez, like, he finds ways to, like, position his head up close to, like, smother you or, like, keep you at bay with the jab. And, like, the worst place to be with Marquez is, like, right in front of him without, like, being able to compete in those exchanges with him. Because that's where he starts chaining things together and starts making his reads. And then you mix in, like, those little feints he does. Because the other thing that's really important is that... A lot of his successes are his upper body feints and, like, his setups to the body. Because he'll fake level changes, and then, like, he'll instantly, like, go upstairs. Like, he makes half commitments, and then immediately will punish you for, like, responding. So, like, one thing he does against Ketsidas is, like, he fakes, like, a half level change. And as Ketsidas is meeting that level change, he instantly cracks him with, like, a 1-2. It's stuff like that with Marquez all the time. It's always, like, set up until the next thing. It's never a singular thing that he does. Yeah, there's, there's not too much to add to that. He's uh, completely on the money. He's um, he loves a level change. He loves a little bob downstairs, bob from the knees or the uh, or bob from the waist, and then uh, when the opponent adjusts to it, he's got a different angle on the shot, and boom, he hits you. And um, it is also definitely fair to say that uh, stopping his opponent from throwing is his best defense. Um, he did know how to defend, but his um. His his um his best his he his best defensive attribute was um, staying off center line so the shots didn't hurt as much rather than not being hit at all. There's a lot of that in his game, like um, minimizing the impact of, of an opponent's shot rather than uh, rather than um, stopping them hitting them him hitting him with it at all. Don't yeah, I think. Them. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think like um. The other thing is, like, not only was Marquez volume, but, like, you can also tell it's, like, a lot of fake commitments because he's always using throwaways, especially that lead hand. So, like, we, we said this earlier, but the key to really getting how Marquez's footwork is so effective is he's not really an active mover. He's always about, like, denying entries that don't favor him and creating entries that do favor him, which is, um, Lucas, you pointed this out to me, um, and you can talk about it at length if you feel comfortable with it, but... It's one of the reasons why he was able to knock out Pacquiao, for instance, because what he does is like constantly controlling that center line against Pacquiao, even from fight number one, and is all predicated upon like him doing small pivots and working behind that lead hand. And so like Pacquiao would sometimes get baited into like blitzing in, and then Marquez would crack him with like those straight rights. And like even in the round before he knocked Pacquiao out, he hit him with like near the exact same punch. Because, like, he kept resetting on Pacquiao consistently. And so it's always about those little, like, fakes in order to, like, set up, like, those big, big moments. Because the, the other thing is, like, if you, like, pushed Marquez, he was going to take advantage of it. 
Yeah, uh, that's a it's a fair point, and uh, I think one the thing uh, the thing I did have the observation I did have that I thought was very interesting that I've more or less haven't seen any any modern fighter do is um, when we were talking about his lead leg. We started off talking about his lead leg. He he leaves it hanging out in front of him, and he uses it to control what his opponent's doing. And I th- I feel like that's what happened with Pacquiao as well. Um, he positions his leg, uh, his front leg, in such a way that it limits his opponent's approaches. And Pacquiao really, in the instance he got knocked out, he only had one way to approach. And obviously he thought he had a safe way to approach. And Pacquiao and Marquez saw him coming and um, knocked him out. Um, yeah, and that was something that, that was something Marquez does a lot. You see it in quite a lot of his, um, quite a lot of when he knocks his opponents down, is they've. Um, that his his lead leg is quite a long way ahead of him, and his opponents happen to step around it to try to come to him, to try to come to the sort of the space that he's left with his leaning back off over his back foot. Yeah, the the thing is, um, like I said, that means inherently Marquez wants you to pursue him because it's yeah. like, again, he likes to smother you. Like if you get too close, like Katsidis or Diaz does, he'll put his head in there, like under yours which will force you to reset, and then, like, he'll start working. Because, like, if you actually try to step in and try to bully him, you're actually, like, giving him an invitation to, like, reset himself or, like, weave to the other side of your arms or head where he can set up another counter, usually with the left hand. And and that's, like, the danger with Marquez. Like, he often wanted you to come after him, and if you didn't, like, he was going to, like, figure out ways to work that neutral range. So often the best way to deal with him was to, like, pot shot him, or to close off those avenues of exchanges, or if you were Pacquiao, be able to, like, work, like, tons of feints of your own to, like, mess with that center line. Yeah, it, is, it really is incredible, obviously. We're not talking about Pacquiao, but um, it's incredible how Pacquiao took four fights with Marquez, being as aggressive as Pacquiao is, and uh, only got knocked out once. It's, uh, it's you know, it's really credit to, to Pacquiao's skill, but... Um, but it also did highlight how good Marquez, how hard Pacquiao had to work, how good Marquez is at at, his, uh, at baiting those exchanges and uh, surviving, you know, making them really, really, really tough to be in with. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we've covered the main things, but just so we can review, I think the main thing with Marquez, just to understand, is everything he does with footwork is like kind of all about like tons of setups and like doing the ancillary things like, and the key to like, that is like small things to set up other things. Like if you're going to watch Marquez, pay attention to like the little pivots he does with his lead leg. And then like, notice how he changed things together with like body shots, little feints with the upper body or like his lead hand. Cause he's always doing something whenever he resets. And sometimes that gets him into trouble if he doesn't have a setup, but like, it's that that neutral and like backwards ranges where Marcus is at his most potent and dangerous. And when you really let him get going, he is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how I'd see him. Um, yeah, is um, don't want to be exchanging exchanging with him unless you can draw him forward uh, onto your own terms, which I don't know if there was anyone who did that really. It's like you say, it's the potshotters that had the success. Mm-hmm. Because he's extremely dangerous to exchange with. It's, yeah. And yeah, and it yeah. is. You're you're exactly right to highlight the little things, the, the tiny little steps, the uh, the little adjustments, the 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 little shuffles, the the tiny little angles. You know, um, 
instead of huge pivots, which he did as well, but he's not, um, he wasn't flying around his opponent like Lomachenko. It's little things, little things, little steps, little, little adjustments. And it's just so hard to read, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, we talk about like tenets of minimalism. And I think like Marquez is a good example of that. Like he's not like an active mover. So it was really important that he did like the little things, right? And he definitely wasn't perfect at it. Cause like we said, his offense is often his best defense, but I think it's a testament to his ability, like like you said, Luke Ash, like how much trouble he gave like Pacquiao and how like e- even though Mayweather beat him distinctly, like Mayweather still had to fight pretty disciplined to like control those things. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely fair to say that he was one of the great fighters of that generation, and uh, he was just maybe I mean his he he fought on an even keel with Pacquiao, obviously some controversial results back and forth. And uh, yeah, if, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was probably the rivalry of the last twenty years for a reason, yeah. at, at least from like a, a matchup perspective. But yeah. you know, he's an all-time great, one of the best counterpunchers ever, a genuine like great fighter, one of the best of the last twenty years. Don't really know if there's much else to say. I think we've uh, we've wrapped up a little basic introduction to to Juan Manuel Marquez quite nicely. Yeah, sure. So, thank you all for listening. Hope this was informative. We do what we can. Juan Manuel Marquez is great, and you should totally watch him. Cheerio. Have a good one.